This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we are joining you, listeners, after a bit of a, uh, an unexpected gap in the recording schedule, because, of course, the football was cancelled the previous weekend due to the death of Queen Elizabeth II. There's, I suppose there's not much point going over that too much now, but I think we're both in agreement that football kind of jumped the gun a bit, really, in making that decision when all the other major sports then decided to to carry on. It does seem odd, especially when then, obviously, this week we've had to have matches postponed purely because of policing and hence safety concerns due to the numbers of police and just numbers of individuals in London at this moment in time. So it is now a knock-on effect of of two weeks, really, for for some teams. Um, But yeah, I mean, how else done is done, you know. Yeah, I just think, especially in in a season this tight, um, you know, with the schedule, obviously because of the World Cup, um, our game uh, away at West Ham will now have to be played at some point next year. But as you say, fortunately for us, uh, we were able to play this weekend, um, so we're not having to try and find two two games to catch up on in the, as I say, the incredibly tight schedule after the World Cup as well. Unfortunately, we weren't able to capitalise on having the extra week to get you know players fit again and what have you we weren't able to capitalise and actually get a win unfortunately in this game uh, one all draw we had with Bournemouth on Saturday afternoon and yeah another another somewhat frustrating afternoon for the Magpies where sort of a bit of a pattern of the season really we've kind of played played well and and come away with just yet another yet another point yeah I mean the first half, especially Newcastle, were all over Bournemouth. Two um, shots off the bar, and yeah, off the power just, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Same yeah. thing. Off the woodwork. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it had about seventy-three percent of the of the possession. Twenty shots, seven of which are on target. And then, yeah, I don't even know what it was. It was a, I suppose it was a moment of brilliance from from um, Billing. Um, which gave Bournemouth the lead on the hour mark, it, it really against the run of play. But I don't know whether it was just a bit of a lasp from, from Newcastle. Again, we've seen Newcastle are more and more capable of winning these matches. But again, we aren't seeing that coming through. It's it's it's, it's frustrating and it's a, it's a nice position. It's a nice frustration. You know, it's like a, one of those middle class problems. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's a problem that Newcastle would have killed for last season um, and it's a problem that is really frustrating this season when we know that the team can score excellent goals and have been all over and just haven't capitalised on that final thing. But, you know, I know we're going to talk about this in a negative but I just want to reiterate actually what, what a positive progression this has been. Yeah, you won a couple of games in the pre-season. Yeah, you won one at the start uh, and you've played really well all the way through this season and yes it hasn't has it come off at 
with wins, which is the frustrating part. But remember where where you've just come from. I think to to expect such a turnaround on winning, you know, ninety percent of these games, which you've had more than opportunity to do so, to expect that in less than a year. I think we, I think you know, and I'm guilty of this as well. I think we need to like temper our expectations just a little bit, and even though it's annoying, just go, yeah, do you know what? We played well. Next bit is just getting in all of those final goals. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. Um, as you said, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is so it is frustrating in in the sense that you know it's it's um, our fifth draw of the season in seven games. We still haven't won since that opening day at home to Nottingham Forest. Um, and in terms of yeah, the quality of the play that we've actually produced on the pitch, that I think really hasn't been, you know, reflected in the, in, well, just you know, in our in our position in the table, um, you know, just the amount of points um, that we've picked up. But again, at the same time, we've only lost the once. We have been playing well, and as you say, that that's still that progress that we want to see. Exactly. Yeah, and that's um, that's the important thing. And as you say as well, it's all happened in in a in a pretty short space of time. I know everyone, you know, a lot of pundits are saying, you know, they're they're sort of saying, well, you know, Newcastle do expect better now because of, um, you know, the investment that we've had over the last two transfer windows and so on. But again, I feel like, um, you know, for most um, for most other clubs, if they were in a slightly different situation, you'd still expect to give them time. For it all to really click together, um, you know what I mean. I mean, Eddie Howe is still not quite in the job for a year. I said a lot, you know. Um, obviously, um, I think that the players brought in in January, um, I think, have largely, you know, all, all settled in now. But again, people, you know, we've still got uh, people like uh, Sven Botman. Um, Nick Pope. I mean, again, they've both played well so far, but again, you know, they've, they've still only been there a few months, really. Uh, and also, I mean, Alexander Isak, uh, good for him actually as well. It was a penalty, of course, after that handball. Um, that and then VAR uh, thankfully awarded us that. Just you know, it was only about five minutes after we'd actually conceded, so thankfully we were kind of back level again straight away. So at least that wasn't hanging over us. I said it was a shame we couldn't then push on and, and win the game, but. Um, you know, that's now two goals for Isaac um, since he joined in, I think, three games. Obviously, he didn't score against Palace, but that's a goal goal against Liverpool. And now, even even if it is a penalty, that's, um, you know, his first goal at St. James's Park, um, you know, second goal of the season. So, again, he's got, he's building a little bit of a platform um, that, you know, he can he can then hopefully spring off from for the rest of the season as well, uh, especially when he actually gets a chance to play with the likes of Sam Maximan and Callum Wilson, um, who, of course, it's it's worth noting, obviously weren't able to play, despite that unexpected little extra break, extra bit of time for them to get fit. Unfortunately, they weren't able to um, to make it onto the pitch. Um, Bruno was, uh, which was good, um, positive for us. But, yeah, in fact, I suppose that, in some ways, that was kind of the biggest news for Newcastle over the last couple of weeks was... The update, uh, the injury updates that we had on Sir Maximan and, and Callum Wilson, um, who, as I said, we were really hoping they would be able to play, weren't we? Yeah, um, having that extra week of now extra two weeks, I think the, the worrying thing is that for, for ASM being off for so long, um, 
I don't even know whether he'd be able to play in October against Fulham. That's quite that's quite a concern. But as the positive again on the flip side is the fact that Newcastle's midfield has shown that they can actually control it. Yes, he always adds something. Um, but if he's not there, it's not like Newcastle can't play. Um, the Wilson one, you know, maybe not having used him to not risk him against uh, Bournemouth. I mean, yeah. I, I suppose I, you can understand it from the point of view of Wilson being so injury prone. You don't want to make it risk, worse. You don't want to risk that. But you um, still kind of want. But at the same, play. at the yeah. same time. You know, he he does give us that extra bit of cutting edge that we we obviously did lack a little bit of um, in this Bournemouth game. I mean, also to be fair, a bit of credit to Bournemouth. I know that obviously, you know, you look at the stats and and in terms of like you know the, the majority of the chances um, did go our way. Um, you know, and sort of the quality of the chances. And as I say, I think we were unfortunate not to get a, not to get two or three goals, but. Bournemouth did play well. They have actually done well um, since they unfortunately fired Scott Parker. I think that was a bit harsh. I can understand why why they did it in terms of you know obviously his his comments, but at the same time, I think he you know I think he kind of had to say something as well. Um, but actually, you know, they're doing all right. In fact, I think I think they are level on points with us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at this stage, they're a good team, and I think we need, again, like we need to remember that it's not like it's yes, it's not Man City, but it's also not like you know Fulham. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, actually, you they've know, also Fulham, played well to be fair. You know, and, and it, you know they've got Mitro. We're, we're going to be away. I mean, because of the international break, listeners, we're going to do the uh, preview of the Fulham game in next week's pod. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, they, I wouldn't, I can't. Unfortunately, we can't even. Well, I think that's the thing. The, this season, there's no, there's no teams that you can just go and assume that you're just going to win it. As Not even, at all. As even Bournemouth and Fulham have shown. I mean, know. I mean, we can. We, I think we know who's going to win it. I just think I don't think we could predict the rest of the table. I think the rest of the yeah. table is 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 the thing that's uh, uh, difficult to predict. Apart from who's going to be last and who's going to be top. Yeah, it's, it is very competitive. Um, so as I say, we we will. We have a proper preview of that in next week's pod um but yeah uh hopefully hopefully with Callum Wilson being back and as you said Eddie Howe his update on on Sir Maximan was that he'd had a setback and that it was unclear if he'll be ready to play which obviously is a bit worrying considering he's now got an extra couple of weeks on top of the kind of effective two week break that we've just had yeah um to get fit but uh, equally, uh, again, just to go back to what you were saying before, the fact that you know we've only lost the one game this season away at Liverpool in you know pretty heartbreaking you know last last second circumstances. I mean, typical. Hasn't when we, really? you know, for the last you know three or four games, we've been missing several key players in Wilson, San Maximan, and Bruno. I think when you also put it in that context as well. We're not doing too badly, and no, the fact that we're still been playing well, obviously, you know, you, you take those players out of a team, you are going to lack a bit of penetration up front. You're going to lack a bit of that ruthlessness in front of goal. You're going to lack a little bit of that creativity, and the fact that yeah, we have still been playing well, even if we haven't quite managed to really kick on and get the wins, which would have been amazing. Mm. Again, I, I think it is worth remembering that context. Yeah, and as I say, it, it is, it's just that final bit. It's not even like players aren't having a shot. It's not like players aren't giving it the all. It's just 
I mean, I don't even know what it is. Uh, <laughs> but it's a combination of bad luck and, and you know, a, a persistence. Persistence will pay off. And when it pays off, then that will feed into the team. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 coming along. And I think I think we need to remember that Newcastle is still a work in progress. Just because if you're doing amazing for a while doesn't mean that you are going to win every single match. Yeah. Um, no matter how much it feels like you should do, because it has felt like you should do, but that's a nice space to be in, really, isn't it? You've not lost necessarily. Just feels a bit like you've been cheated, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing, you know. Um, I mean, there's no point in rehashing it all, but yeah, you look at um, obviously the Crystal Palace game and the VAR decision and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. You know, if if not for just as you say, just a bit of luck in some cases, mm. we'd potentially have another. You know, another couple of wins on the board, and then I mean, not that we're in a bad position in the table, but it suddenly looks even more rosy with us being a couple of places higher. Yeah. You know, th- um, you know, potentially, you know, an extra, say, four points on the board. Um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But um, as I say, we can't get can't be getting too down about it um, at this stage. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but as always, hopefully, we do start being able to pile on the three points soon because it would be. As I say, although in some ways I think with the current squad that we have, I think honestly I think I think we could be we have a chance of an outside push for sixth or seventh um, and a European place. Right now, personally, although I think obviously I would never complain at that. I think compared to where we've been the last few years with Steve Bruce and under Mike Ashley and all the rest of that. Honestly, a top ten finish is still pretty good progress in, in in my eyes. All things considered, although I think if things were to come together a bit better than they have so far, I think we, in terms of just quality of the squad, I think I think honestly we could, you know, be even slightly higher than that. But exactly, yeah. But for me, that's still progress. And if it takes time, it takes time. I'm, you know, if if anything, I I, I would, in some ways, weirdly prefer that. <laughs> To us, just immediately jumping ahead to you know top six and then and then beyond that because it kind of makes it feel a bit more organic, which I think helps me process it a bit. Considering again all the issues around the ownership and yeah, where it's all coming from. Yeah, well, we spoke about it before, didn't we? So you didn't yeah. want to become a, a Man City all of a sudden doing really well because you've just brought in all these big players. Um, and yeah, you, you've brought in some biggish players. Um, but yeah, it's that development of the team that you want to see. And I don't, you know, I understand and completely <laughs> feel the frustration of Newcastle fans at the moment because, oh my God. But I do feel like I can probably take a step back more than a lot of uh, the, the yeah. fans and go, do you know what though? It's actually not that bad. Yeah, but it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, some, some other news actually for Newcastle um, over the last. Um, couple of weeks as well in this sort of impromptu little um, sort of rest period um, we signed uh, Loris Carrius as backup goalkeeper to Nick Pope this followed of course Carl Darlow's ankle injury uh, yeah. which obviously right after um, De- letting Dubravka go that then left us with basically no reserve goalkeeper um, and Carrius of course we were able to sign him outside the window because he was a free agent he'd left Liverpool in the summer because his contract had expired and I mean, look. Obviously, he's most famous um, for, of course, those two absolutely calamitous goals that he conceded with Liverpool 
in the 2018 Champions League final against Real Madrid. Oh, but that... But... How he was even allowed to play on in that match was unreal. Exactly. It's... You know, it, it's a it's a real shame actually that that is kind of the defining moment of his career and potentially will be for the remainder of his of his career. When really, as he said, you know, as 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 we later found out, and as I think a lot of people kind of forget, they kind of remember the mistakes, but then they don't always then remember. It's like, well, actually, yeah, he'd suffered a head injury in that game. He you know he had a concussion. He, he should have actually been taken off. But of and course, who was that head injury caused by? Sergio Ramos. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, I suppose at the time, I don't think we necessarily realised he'd actually had this huge head injury. I don't know. I saw the replay and I saw that elbow go into his skull and I was like, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I and think, then he stumbled around. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember now if like a big deal was made of it though until afterwards, but... It should have been made a big deal. Yeah, it should have. And, and you know, as I say, it, it's a shame that that kind of has... Um, you know that is going to be the defining moment of his career in a lot of fans' eyes. But at the end of the day, he's you know he's an experienced goalkeeper. He's played in the Premier League. He's played in the Bundesliga. He's literally played you know in the Champions League. And at the end of the day, he's only come in as a backup. If anything, to be honest, not that I've got anything against Carl Darlow. I mean, he, at times he has come in and, and done well. Um, you know, for Dubravka in the past and for you know um, uh, what have you. But you know what? I don't actually mind if if. You know, give Carrius a chance. If, 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 if he literally might not even play if Nick Pope stays fit. Yeah. At the end of the day, he might not play a single first team game. I think it's quite a good move for him but, though, because we all know he's never really going to play for Liverpool again. Why not sign for a team that is potentially going to um, start challenging the top six, get in at the ground floor, and see how it, see how it goes? He's literally got nothing left to lose. Exactly, and you know, as I say, he's, he's a, it's a temporary contract um, until January. We can obviously, of course, extend that till the end of the season if he does well. I mean, I guess, as I say, he may not even, he literally may not even play in that time. So it might be just how well he impresses um, Eddie Howe and the coaching staff in training if he doesn't actually get on the pitch. Uh, likewise, of course, in January, if we want, we can recall uh, Dubravka from Man United. Um, so, we, you know, we, we've got that coverage anyway, because obviously Darlow is going to be out for, um, you know, for a little while. Uh, with this injury, so you know, as I say, I I think it's not it's not a bad um, move to be honest. As I said, and, you know, he was a free agent, so you know, we were able to get him, well, yeah, literally, you know, for free um, on this temporary deal. You know, considering obviously, you, you know, you you in this situation outside of the transfer window, I think actually. I think that's a decent move for both parties, and also I suppose you know he's he's a, he's a good looking boy, Loris Carius. You know you've got him, we've got Callum Wilson, we've got Fabian Share. Is it time to slightly rethink your position on Newcastle? No. And their handsomeness quota. No. no. I mean it's better than it was, but no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there, <laughs> there you have it, folks. We still need to sign more good looking players. That is the takeaway here. Um. And as I say, we, <laughs> we're going to do the Fulham Newcastle preview next week. I did think it might be fun just to end on, uh, of course, the idea that, again, we've heard about over the last couple of weeks, Chelsea's new American owner, Todd Bowley, being that quintessential American and coming in and trying to talk about a sport that he basically knows nothing about uh, with all of these ideas from baseball, which is where he has come from. 
It's, it's, uh, I'm surprised that it, the Premier League will be called the World Series soon. And it'd be like, yeah, funny enough, there you, are other countries. Yeah, he'll, um, su- he'll suggest that, yeah, you'll be world champions if you win the Premier League. But his, of course, ludicrous suggestion that we have a North versus South Premier League All-Star game, which, of course, he made all the more ridiculous by then somehow suggesting that uh, the money for this would be then go to the the rest of the footballing pyramid in the in the UK, as if the Premier League would ever give that money away. Not only that, to the when, football when are you going to fit this whatever. in? When are you going to fit this in? <laughs> exactly. As, as Jurgen Klopp said, you know, if you find a date for it, give, <laughs> give me a call. But obviously it's a ridiculous idea and Todd Bowley has rightly been ridiculed for it. Uh, it is kind of fun though to think like, if they were to do this, I mean, obviously the way it would probably work is that, you know, there'd be fan voting and there'd probably be like a limit of how many um, you know, players from each club would actually uh, get in because otherwise, let's face it, it would be mostly Man City and Liverpool. But I feel like even if it was a genuine, you know, Northern team like All Star team that where they were purely picked on quality and where it is mainly just Man City and Liverpool players, honestly. And tell me if I'm being silly here, I think Kieran Trippier still starts in that team. I think he's an excellent player and I think they'd be stupid to not have him. Because um, honestly... someone else who's better at set pieces at the moment. And also, you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, obviously he's had a lot of... We know how great he is going forward, but you know, there's obviously been a huge amount of um, you know talk about him recently. Uh, a lot of focus on his defensive liabilities. Yeah. So, whereas you look at Kieran Trippier, is he as good at going forward as Trent Alexander-Arnold? I'd say they're very close. We are with Trippier's delivery into the box plus the set-piece issue. And obviously Trippier's a lot more solid at the back as well, so there's that. And then the only other... I mean, obviously, forget Man United um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, and Everton and stuff. The only other real competition you'd think for an all-star Northern eleven right-back you'd say, would be Kyle Walker at Man City. Now, obviously, he's obviously a solid player, but honestly, I think maybe Kieran Trippier edges it. I mean, there's also cases, for example, like if... Because um, we can we kind of discuss this as like, where would like the Midlands teams like Leicester and Aston Villa be? I suspect you'd probably get lumped in with those Northerners That's because right. there's so many Southern teams with London and the South Coast... We're above the maybe table. you know, uh, obviously, if he's fit, maybe Ricardo Pereira would have a shout as well. Oh, he's not been fit for years, but that's the thing. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, I feel like he's basically not been fit for like two years, which is a sh- James Justin. A big who's shame, now, obviously. Yeah, I think I think Kieran Trippy yeah. starts in that, and I think I think ASM would at least make the bench. I don't think he would necessarily start when you look up against the the Liverpool and Man City sort of forwards and wide players, but I think he gets on the bench. You know, potentially. Um, I think other, some of our other better players, maybe maybe Bruno makes the bench again. He's really good. I Wilson, think- I think, would miss out because obviously you're going to have like Haaland and Salah. Yeah, true. And let's face it, despite the fact that he doesn't actually deserve a place in there, they would let, they would get Ronaldo in there as well, mm. just just for his name. Even though on quality and on play time, it's not. Like I mean, literally this season, he spent more time hanging out with Jordan Peterson, the pseudo intellectual right wing transphobic clown man, than he actually has on the pitch for Man United. I'm, I'm not even making that up. And yeah, I think he would get in. But again, it's not. It's not going to happen. It's obviously a silly idea. But it's as I say, it's kind of just fun, fun to think about 
where some of these Newcastle players might fit in now that we actually have a respectable team. <laughs> compared so many very fun, and it is also like absolutely mental. Oh god! I mean, yeah, Todd Bowley's deserved every bit of criticism he's had of this More because, like, but, just, just no, guys, yeah. just, just no. Like on a serious note, like, come on. Well, next week is the international break, and um, we will cover the um, Fulham match, uh, and we'll have a look at that uh, next week. Um, so yeah I think for this week that's all from us so apologise for missing you guys last week yeah as I say the, we felt that you know with the, the no being no game on we thought it it wasn't even really worth the pod just to let's face it literally just talk about the decision and we kind of said all we needed to say before really I think um, you know so we, we felt it, it, it wasn't really worth um, you know having that um, but as I say, yeah, we're back to regular scheduling now, yeah. um, and as yeah, as Cara said, we'll be back to talk about that form game next week and, and see how uh, Newcastle players do over the international break yeah. uh, for the ones that are involved. But until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And as always, thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.